0: Rise up this morning, smile with the rising sun. Three little birds is by my doorstep, singing sweet songs of melodies pure and true, saying this episode is for you. (laughs) Excellent. That was good. Hey, Steve. I just like. We haven't done a karaoke night in so long that I just miss singing with you. Yeah. Same. Yeah. There's, like, a bunch of songs that, like, no one else wants to sing with me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll always sing with you. Yeah.
0: Like, a whole bunch of 80s rock songs that, like, people don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. So, we need to get one going soon. But, um... Hello and welcome to the <laughs> to the Jordan High 2004 podcast. This is Gonzo. This is Steve. How's it going, Steve? It's going.
1: It's going great. Uh, life is good. Just we got Thanksgiving coming up. I'm excited. And for all of those of you listening, I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving because yeah. it's coming out. Yeah. After. Merry Christmas. Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> so we got Thanksgiving coming up just just this coming Thursday, and you got any plans?
0: Yeah, we we always um, go to my in laws. Thanksgiving we'll do something with my family like on the weekend it's just easier to g- gather people around then but yeah. yeah we're just gonna hang out at home it's which, which is nice it works a nice like your big long trip
1: before yeah. it's like nice to just chill yeah we're gonna go down to California uh just spend a few days down there and just natalie's brother lives down there so they miss out on a lot of family stuff so we thought we're gonna surprise them and so natalie's whole family we're all going down there oh, and having is, it with them
0: is it a surprise or are they, they are they ready do, do will they a, have enough food
1: it it was a surprise oh, okay. of us being like hey we're all gonna come down and they're like super excited oh cool that's and awesome. so like the kids are like the kids get along so well with their cousins they're like the best friends and so everyone's excited
0: yeah that's fun i cousin hangouts is like best part of childhood i think it's like awesome yeah
1: very very good i wish they lived closer but um i'm excited for that and i want to start with um i I just want to bring up to everybody that this is kind of like our our last scheduled episode and so everyone that listens can you let me and gonzo know
0: lacy send us a message (coughs) lacy
1: uh (laughs) Is Joe there, Staker. <laughs> is there stuff that you want to hear from us like we're going to keep trying to do these episodes every time anyone wants to come on of course we're going to interview and we're going to put this stuff out are there other things that you as listeners want to hear um or we've we've even talked about are there episodes that would be of interest if anyone wants to come on where we could actually discuss certain topics whether it's political or um Financial, financial, just different, just different subjects in nature, just having debates or just discussions of people that maybe are super conservative and super liberal and just, I don't want to say debating, but just talking about different topics. Yeah, like an open
0: forum. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so we've teased that idea before, but I think let us know. I mean, we love doing this and we're going to do whatever we can to keep going. Or
0: if you've been listening and haven't been on and it's like, Hey, I want this to keep going send us an email and come on get on get on the schedule so we can chat
1: yeah we have shoot we have 600 more people in our class that could be on
0: yeah for sure so So, yeah who do we have on tonight steve
1: uh tonight is great uh we've got jill khan jill baker from high school and i think it's it's gonna be a great episode
0: i'm excited all right so here's our conversation with jill okay jill khan welcome to the podcast
2: Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here.
0: <laughs> we're so happy to have you.
2: Like, yeah. Been, we're
0: looking forward to this. It,
1: it, it's been a fun journey doing the podcast, and I love when we get more I people bet. to come on.
2: How has it been connecting with all of the people like, I mean, people like me? Like, we, you know, we knew each other pretty well in high school, but we, I don't think we've spoken since. So how has it been speaking to a bunch of people like me that you haven't really had much connection to since high school?
0: That's been the best, I think, at least for yep. me. It's been great. It's Great to see someone that, I mean, we probably would have gone the rest of our lives and maybe ran each other, into each other at the store or something and but it's, it's nice to... Like,
2: maybe the reunion if you guys both went. Exactly, yeah. yeah.
0: So it's nice to actually sit down and for, like, an hour talk to someone and find out a little bit about their life. Like, someone that we wouldn't have, we're essentially strangers, right? You know, it's like right. we knew each other when we were yeah. kids. That's the mm. connection.
2: There's been a lot of life that has happened since then. <laughs> like
0: I know like a lot I... of
2: very critical time in life where we did a lot of growing.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like when
1: people think about like, when I think of Jill's like, I knew you when you were 17. And yeah. It's like more than that amount of time has passed since then. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> you know, and yeah. connecting with everybody. <laughs> We've said it's really fun to connect with people that we weren't super close with. Because a lot yeah. of times with our friends, it just gets into like, hey, let's just tell a bunch of funny stories. But when it's someone we don't know, it's like, oh, I'm learning something about you that I have never... Like, you're a person right. I don't know very well. And so I get to practice more active listening because I, I, I'm i interested in learning about someone I don't know anything about.
2: Have there been any surprises, like things that you have learned throughout the course of this podcast, either just about yourselves or through the podcasting journey or about people that have been surprising?
0: Oh, absolutely. So first learning about how everybody was kind of in their head when they were little or when they were, Mm. when we were teenagers Mm. and how no matter, and also the appearances are just skin deep, right? So that things, people have things going on inside that not everyone knows about. And that's just about universal that you don't know what you think you do know about people just based on Mm. how they present themselves is different from their inner life. Like, that I feel like I've learned, and I think I've also just been an interest in people, like in and what they've learned with the their lessons through life has been has been really interesting and really fun to to talk with people through.
2: That's really cool. I think it's amazing. Have you guys learned a bunch it, of people yes. that
1: we went to high school with had a ton of crazy stuff happening to them that you would have never known,
2: like and, during high during school or after, during, oh. during and
1: after, and. I've also learned that on the podcast, there's some people that don't want to share very much. Which we we ask questions. Fine, yeah. yeah. You know, we can edit things yeah. out, whatever. But of course, uh, we've had a lot of great conversations with people after after we turn the recordings off. We keep talking and sure. whatever. And it's just a lot, like a lot of people going through things. And
0: exactly. What got
2: you into this? You started this. What? Like, I feel like I started seeing things maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. It's like two and a half
1: years.
0: Yeah, it was March of 21 when we started.
2: So what? what kicked this off what was the impetus
0: i mean really gonzo had a dream (laughs) yeah really i i listened to a a bunch of podcast i'm an accountant so i'm like listening to podcasts all the time i love them Mm. and i'm like um i think christina also had a podcast she started a month and it was like wow just record it we can do it and i wanted to like it it was i think also 2020 was really hard uh, on like not seeing a lot yeah, of people. I mean this was
2: like middle of the pandemic mm-hmm.
0: exactly so yeah. then it's just like the desire to connect to reach back out to yeah. honestly to apologize for being like for doing dumb or silly things and you know you're like it's two in the morning and night that you can't sleep and you're like ah oh, I said the stupid thing to Robin Anderson in high school <laughs> so it's like it would have been so nice to like call her and be like sorry about the stupid thing I said but that would be weird out of the blue so it's like this right. whole thing is like a, a big guise for me to like unburden my my mind
2: <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> and then i rope steve I into don't it i like, do owe me
2: any apologies
0: <laughs> oh yeah so. i don't I, I don't think so i there there were no. like a handful of people that i like really had like a a handful of apologies that i wanted to give like mm. and missy moss in the first one i like apologized to her in one of the first episodes and then like but then after i i really don't have that many apologies but.
2: that's good i can't imagine you would have
0: i was i mean yeah i was like a silly boy but i i, really I mean
2: who among us wasn't silly right right like, yes. deeply silly everything yeah. felt so serious though
1: well it was a big deal you know when you're 16 yeah. It's a big deal. It
2: felt like a crisis of international proportions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but Jill, so um, catch us up a little bit. What have been your, what have your last 20 years been like? What have you been up to?
2: So I went to the U. Um, I got a scholarship to, to the U, so I went there. I had aspirations to leave the state. I very badly wanted to leave the state, but <laughs> I got a full-ride scholarship to the U, and my parents were kind of like, Yeah, you're going to go to the U. So I went to the U and I'm really, really grateful uh, looking back on life that I didn't leave because I've had so many wonderful things happen in my life and met so many wonderful people that are, that enrich my life to a degree that I don't think I would have had, or at least it wouldn't be these same people if I'd left. Um, So I went up to the U, uh, did poli sci and economics, and I... After I graduated, well, when, actually, when I was in school, I was working for a company called vehix and they were owned by Comcast at the time, and Comcast had this, like, senior VP that was really into politics, and he wanted to build a political website, so after I graduated, I worked on that project for the VP for a while, and then that VP got fired, <laughs> and, um, then VHicks kind of tailspun and went out of business. And I started working for a local marketing company and like politics had been my life in high school. And that's what kind of brought me into the website industry. Um, But at that time it was post financial crisis and it was pretty hard to find a job. So after VHicks kind of went into a tailspin and I, I was actually let go, i uh I probably sent out my resume i don't know at least to like a hundred different companies. I didn't get a ton of interviews back i mean it was pretty junior in my career at that point only four you know it, it a couple of years removed from graduation and not a lot of places were hiring. So I ended up working for this company called The Summit Group, which was a local marketing firm. And because of my website experience, I stayed in the website industry. So I worked in their digital team. So it was website marketing. So anything from like ad banners to actually building full blown websites for our customers. And I worked there for a couple of years. Um, I got married. And then I started working for Goldman Sachs about 11 years ago. It was 11 years ago in September, and I've been a Goldman ever since. Um, throughout the course of my Goldman career, I've had two kids and stayed in Utah the whole time. And it's been, you know, it's, it's been one of those things that it's like you look back and it, it felt like not a lot was happening at the time. You know, life just kind of you were just kind of going from one moment to the next. And particularly since having kids, it feels like you're just kind of in this mode where you have kids and one day kind of blends into the next and you blink and a couple of years have gone by. Um, But I look back and I think that I am very fortunate. I've been very, very privileged to have led a life almost free of any major mishap and have been able to provide for myself and my family and everything like that. So it's been It hasn't been an easy ride, but it's been a very fortunate ride. And I've had honestly a really good life.
0: Awesome. Why did you want to leave Utah?
2: I mean, I think anybody with my particular political bent, which is very liberal, that I think growing up in Sandy was difficult at times. Sandy's really conservative. Um, I was not LDS. I still am not LDS. And I wanted to, I was really fortunate to grow up in a family that valued travel and that valued experiences over things. So I was able to travel a lot internationally growing up. And I had seen a lot of different walks of life. I had seen a lot of the world and I wanted to experience more of it. I also wanted, I felt like I didn't have much of a crew outside i don't know if you guys remember but i was in debate in high school so outside of my debate crew and after after high school a lot of the debate folks kind of just spread everywhere um so i didn't really have much of a crew that was that felt similarly about politics about the world about people and the things that were important in life and it it felt like (laughs) demeanor wise i've always been some like, people are very surprised that I'm from Utah. They think I'm from New York or Boston or something like that. So I, I felt I felt called to leave Utah after high school. But mm-hmm. found my place at the U, I guess.
0: <laughs> All right, so take us back to high school Jill. How, how did you see yourself back then?
2: I was really, really driven. I was wound very tightly. <laughs> I think uh, I've always been a type A personality. And I think that... At my, my peak of that sort of, of that display of personality, Trace was probably in high school. I think I chilled out a lot in college, which, to which I'm very grateful for a lot of the people that I met in college for kind of helping me unwind a little bit and learn, not learn how to have fun, but kind of learn how to have fun. Yeah, I think I... I really made an effort to try and know a lot of different people. I was very proud at one point that right when we graduated, I knew everybody in our grade. Like I knew them by name. I could say hi to them in the hall. And I was really proud of that. I think I was a little lost in terms of a tight knit friend group. I never really felt like I had that. I was friends with a lot of people, but I never felt like I was really in the core friendship group of any group that I was a part of. So that was, that was really hard in high school because high school is one of those times in your life that you're trying to figure that out, and that is of utmost importance like having those friends, that's a time in your life where that is the most important thing. We were talking about that earlier, like everything felt of critical importance. So whether it was relationships or friendships, like I never really felt like I had that really core group outside of maybe a few folks in debate. But even then I think everybody who I felt really close with had somebody else who was like their best friend. So that, that was tough. Mm
0: -hmm. Why do you think that is?
2: Um, I think there are a couple of reasons. Um, For the... I think for a lot of people, uh, I can be difficult to be friends with, particularly in high school, because I am very brutally honest, or at least I would have liked to think of myself as very honest, but mostly I was just kind of a bitch sometimes. Um, I also don't think I really let people into what was happening inside. Like, I wouldn't really tell people my problems or unburden myself or vent with my friends. Like I always prided myself on being a very good friend to come to and be an active listener. Like you were talking about earlier, Steve, but I never really did the opposite of that. Like, I didn't have confidants. I didn't really have that closeness that you develop when it, both people mutually are coming together and building that trust relationship. So I think that that was a big part of it. Yeah.
1: Did any part of you want to have something, someone like that? Like, did you have things that you're like, man, I wish I just had someone to talk to about this or was there not really much of a need for that?
2: (laughs) I don't know. Not really. I don't know that I recognize that as a barrier at the time, but as I've gotten older, I think that that I've recognized that that's something that I am not naturally inclined to do. I like to keep things inside and process them from for myself And I think as I've gotten older, I've realized that that isn't always the most healthy way to attack problems, particularly when you have somebody who it, like your spouse, who is like your life's confidant, who is your partner. Um, Unburdening yourself with them and having them do the same to you really builds the foundation for a long lasting relationship. But I don't really, I never really felt that pull or that need. I don't know. I, I always felt like I just needed to work it out myself for better, for worse, usually for worse, but, yeah.
0: All right, so you were driven, right? So, um, yeah. academics were important to you. Fair, yeah. You said you were like a type A, so a strong <laughs> personality, uh, but you also made an effort to get to know at least uh, superficially the people around school, right? Yeah. Um, is there anything else? What, how else? How else would you describe yourself back then?
2: I was really aware of appearances. I mean, I think we all kind of are to a degree, yeah. but the amount of grooming that I undertook in high school compared to, like, even what I did in college or do now, was like, I would never do that unless it was a very special event. Um, or, like, I wore heels every day in high school. Like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Um, <laughs>
0: <just> <laughs> Were you insecure about your height? <laughs>
2: I don't, I think I just wanted to dress up. I loved dressing up. I loved like looking good. And I mean, I still like that, but the degree to which it was an important part of my life was much higher in high school. And I was always very aware of like, whether or not somebody thought I was attractive or whatever it was like. And I think that that's a very normal part of the high school experience, but that's kind of what I recognize about myself looking back on that.
1: Cool. So how are you, how are you different then?
2: I. <laughs> well, I hope I'm a lot more chill now. <laughs> I don't know that I, I feel like I am a very good friend and I pride myself on being a very good friend to my friends and I make a very concerted effort to invest in the friendships that I have, that I value. And I like being a person that people can turn to. And I think that that's something that I had in high school, but not as much as I do now. It's not, it was always something that was important to me, but I think as I've gotten older, the relationships that I have have just become more important. And I think your life is really enriched by the people that you choose to have in your life. Uh, So I think that that's a big part of my life now. Um, I'm a lot less superficial (laughs) Like, I mean, I was talking earlier about my grooming process, but I think that that's just kind of indicative of maturity. Mm -hmm. I think there's also an element of just being tired. You know, like, I don't got time to curl my hair. I don't have that kind of energy. Like, we're not going to do that. I am not as single-mindedly driven as I was in high school, which I don't know if that's good or bad, but it is different. I think... The biggest change from when I was in high school to now, I think is just aging and maturity. I think we all kind of go through it. I don't think I am fundamentally a different person than I was in high school, but I think that I am a more realistic person than I was in high school and thinking about the world and thinking about how people interact with the world. And I think I've always been a really empathetic person, tried to understand where people are coming from. And I think my ability to do that has improved as I've gotten older Mm -hmm. and just had more life experience under my belt.
0: You mentioned that you you feel like you're a, a good friend now, and and yeah. and invest in in the I think so yeah, in the people around <laughs> you. Have you found you feel like that close knit uh, friend that that you didn't have in high school? Has that been a different? Do you have a confidant that um, that you share your your troubles with?
2: That's a good question. Um, I do. It's definitely my husband. He's he's easily the closest thing I would have to that uh, he is my rock he's my everything um and I do think that I have some friends that I talk to about something sometimes but it's mostly my husband um but even to him whom I feel like knows me the best and loves me in all of the seasons of life that we've had together and will always I'd still don't always feel the pull to confide even now I'm aware enough to know that I will probably feel better after I still keep a lot inside
1: Hmm. (laughs) I think that's natural for a lot of people like I think yeah you can know like I know I feel better when I do these certain things but yeah I'm not gonna always do them like I know that if I just exercise and eat really good I'm gonna feel better and be healthier but
2: I know yeah
1: (laughs) you know But I, I love what you say that as you've gotten older, like you, fundamentally you haven't changed. I think you're right. Like with the maturity, hopefully as we've gotten older 20 years later, like we, we just, we know ourselves better. We've had experiences. Yeah. We've been able to go through things. And I now know myself so much better now than when I was yeah. going through puberty and experiencing yeah. Yeah. these things for the first time and caring so much what people think when you realize like
2: mm-hmm.
1: this person that I rarely see, like, I don't care what this person thinks.
2: No, and there's a freedom that comes with age. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't care. I don't care what that person thinks of me if I'm wearing slippers at the store.
1: Like, <laughs> <laughs> that person just doesn't like being comfortable, I guess. But I, yeah. I like that you say that because I, I think you're right. I think a lot of these things come with maturity and come with experience.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty free. Yeah, I think high school is one of those times that is very stereotypically laden with, like hormones and caring about what other people think so deeply. It's such a huge part of your life that as you get older, like it it really is freeing to not care about that so much. And of course you care about what people think, but it's pretty much limited to the people that you care about. And outside of that, if you hurt somebody, obviously you care about that. Or if what you're doing impacts that person, of course you care about that. Or in the larger sense, you want to, like, care about the rest of humanity or your community. But I don't care if people think I look ridiculous, like, at all. <laughs> I, I feel like I have <laughs> two modes of dressing. Like, either I look borderline homeless or I'm pretty much stressed to the nines. Like there's just not a lot of in between. I just, I, and I think that I've always been okay about that and it's just really gotten maybe worse as I've gotten older.
0: Or better, yeah.
2: (laughs) Or better, yeah. Yeah. I I feel good about it. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) I feel great about it. So I'm sure my kids will not feel great about it <laughs> in the future when they become a little bit older. Well, you know therapy. what? It's just fine. like,
0: <laughs> yeah, as your as your kids become older, you will just turn invisible. It's like no one will. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: you guys both have kids, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have. I, yeah. He, Steve has two. I have three.
2: How old are you guys' kids?
0: So mine are eleven, eight, and five nice and eight and so seven. you're
2: like kind of getting into the teens like you're right on the precipice yeah we're
0: getting the, the attitudes are starting to to come oh. yeah that yeah my yeah. two oldest are girls yeah
2: okay the 11 year old and eight year old mm-hmm. and you said eight, eleven, eight, 11 eight and five and five
1: yeah
2: and five and sorry steve how old were yours uh
1: eight year old boy seven year old girl and they're nice full of energy hello <laughs> they're, they're awesome i love my kids
2: are they are they like very, are they really close since they're so close in age or are yeah, they kind they're, of...
1: they're one grade apart uh, they're nineteen months apart so pretty close but um yeah they they're like the best of friends and the worst of enemies and yeah they're like yeah. my wife is six one and I'm five ten so she's got me by like three inches and I'm, my daughter has yeah. like her genes. so they're the same height same size people think they're twins but uh yeah. they they're awesome like they're super well rounded and just trying to keep up with all the things that they want to do has been really, really fun for me as a dad trying and really hard at times, but
2: I was going to say, is it fun? Cause it I really, find it stressful it's, sometimes. Well, it's stressful. I, I'm just i like, I'm an Uber driver. Well, it's,
1: it's the, I love trying to figure out the things that they like rather than mm, trying to make them like yeah. the things that I like because it, it hasn't yeah. worked. And so I've had to change yeah. who I am and now it's that phase of life where it's not about me anymore. Yeah, like I get to now focus on them and trying to teach them and and give them experiences, and so yeah, it is fun. It's also hard. When like like not just a few weeks ago, my son was like, he thought this kid hated him. We're like, no way, buddy. He's, like, been on his watch, dad. Kid called me trash today. It's like he does hate me. I'm like, oh, I want to go beat up his parents. You
2: know? Yeah, like, yeah.
1: But uh, you know, so,
2: a, like secondhand anger you yes. have when somebody hurts your kid. Oh.
1: It's like irrationally angry. But yes. then you remember like oh like, my god. I've
2: always kinda had a temper, but like I'm gonna burn something down if mm-hmm. somebody hurts my kid.
1: <laughs> exactly. So it, it it opens up all kinds of emotions, but I love it. I, yeah. I
0: absolutely love being a dad.
2: Yeah. It's pretty magical.
0: So Jill, what are your um what are your big life lessons? What have you learned?
2: Um there have been a couple throughout the course of my life I'd say. I think Personally, one of the things that I have learned about myself is to be a little bit easier on myself. I have always been really, really hard on myself and expected a certain level of success, a certain level of excellence. And I think being able to relax a little bit or give myself some grace has been an important lesson. And again, I think that that comes with a little bit more self-awareness as I've gotten older and just realizing that life will never go to plan. Um, so sometimes trying to plan every detail is an exercise in futility, but yeah, I think that that has been a very important personal lesson. I think speaking less personally and more like life lesson wise, I think approaching people and issues with empathy and trying to understand where other people are coming from why they might hold a certain view why they did a certain thing why they feel a certain way why they're doing xyz with their kids whatever it is is a really important first step particularly in the political climate that we have and i think that that's something that i don't see as much of than i think i did growing up both locally as well as nationally and internationally but I think that the only thing that you can do with that is really try and approach that in your own life. And when somebody has a very different viewpoint from you or just as a really different person, or, you know, like you meet somebody who I, like, I don't know what it's like to be a furry and I have met furries before and approaching that situation with empathy, empathy to just be like, all right, like tell me about your life, you know, being curious and open-minded and approaching it with, kindness has, I think is a global lesson that has been very important throughout the course of my life and something that I have really tried to instill not only in my children, but also in my partner and the people who I have close relationships with is approaching those sorts of situations with an open mind, with understanding and with kindness.
0: Are there any times in your life that have like been a catalyst for you to learn, to learn that? Has has there been times Mm -hmm. where like that you've been in a situation, maybe it was a very heated politi- political argument, and then in the f- in future you have you like you thought to approach it with, uh, with empathy, or, or where did that come from? Or how did you learn that lesson, I guess is what I'm asking.
2: Mm. I think growing up in a very conservative state, that, and I, for whatever reason, that was never the way that I viewed the world. And I think that that's a credit to my parents, just the way that they raised me. But also having been able, fortunate enough to travel and see a lot of different other walks of life and just realizing that there are a lot of different types of people out there and having more of a natural curiosity about how other people lived, how other people viewed things led me to the political viewpoint that I have today more than anything and led me to that sort of perspective. So I don't know if there was a catalyst as much as there, it's been a natural progression of things that... I think that I started to learn very young and started to feel very young, naturally myself, like as I was thinking about things and becoming a critical thinker, I mean, the Iraqi war, I think the political vociferousness that we see today started when we were in high school and seeing what was going on and feeling very strongly about it and seeing people who felt very strongly the other way or felt very differently from I did and particularly people that I loved, I think it opened in my eyes to just how differently people thought about things and understanding where they were coming from was really important. And that's always informed my life. Um, I also have a pretty, I have a pretty bad temper. Um, (laughs) So approaching things with kindness is important to me because it's not always how I approach situations. Like if you ram me with your cart in the grocery store, my natural inclination is not to approach you with kindness. So it's something that I believe is important for me to work on personally.
0: And what about also like going back to saying you said that you've learned to like chill out a little bit that um, mm. how' did you learn that?
2: I had <laughs> I had a lot of experiences in college where there were, I mean, I've always been very driven, very academically focused, and I very nearly burned myself out in high school because of that. And so when I got to college and I felt like true freedom for the first time, I think that was a big part of it, living away from home, you know, not having parents to check in on me or set rules for me or times that I needed to be home by and like the party culture at the U was pretty good. Uh living in the dorms and meeting a lot of people who were just they just approached life from a completely different way, and not that they weren't intelligent, not that they weren't academically focused as well, but probably a little bit less than me for the most part. but they've also they valued other things. They valued friendships really deeply. They valued time with their friends. and they they wanted to have a good time. And I think that just being around that more helped. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's great. Um, do you, you, so you said like as a teenager, like you were like this liberal girl in conservative mm. Utah and you wanted to get out as you've gotten older, yeah. have you been the same? Have you gotten more liberal? Like how have you changed mm. in that way?
2: I don't think I've gotten any more or less liberal. I think I'm probably more realistic with my views about what can actually be accomplished than perhaps I was as a teenager, which I think is natural. I mean I'm like Bernie Sanders liberal when it comes down to it so it's I'm still quite liberal but I do think that there's a realistic tack to figure out what can be done in a country of our size our levels of diversity and our different political viewpoints that has tempered the liberalism a bit I'd say so not really more or less liberal. No, so I'm not a huge fan of the amount of taxes I pay these days, but that's you know neither here nor there. It's mostly my issues with where those taxes might go.
0: Got a, I, I think I have You're, lots of things you, to say about all that stuff. Universal agreement there, like.
2: yeah. <laughs> nobody likes paying taxes. I do think I, it's important. I, to I pay wouldn't them. mind
0: to pay taxes if I felt if I felt happy with the way it was spent. You know, so yeah, like,
2: absolutely. But I mean, there's no winning that, right? Because you and I probably have different views on where taxes should be spent. My Ukraine. husband and I have different views on where taxes should be spent. <laughs> and like, you're never going to make everybody happy with that. So it's, it's not a lost cause, but it's one of those things is like, well, yeah. there's always going to be taxes and everybody's probably going to be at least a little bit upset.
1: No, you can't please 350 million people. No, you're not going to please everybody.
2: No. In fact, like, with something like taxes, you're probably going to please nobody. Nobody's ever going to get exactly what they want.
1: Great interview, that
0: was it. No, yeah, I mean, that's true, <laughs> but I mean, it's, yeah, no one's, no one getting exactly what they want is kind of the the point of democracy. So it's like, but it, everyone should compromise a little bit, but we have a big, you know, our, our, we have a giant budget. We're paying, yeah. we're paying $800 billion a year in military. you telling yes. me, like, we can't knock down that a little bit and pay for everybody's health care? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... that make a lot of people happy? Like, they- <laughs> Schools
2: should be palaces. Teachers should be some of the best paid people in the world. Like, these are the people holding the future in their hands. Yeah, only if you want better education. Why are paid so poorly?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean...
2: The state of American education is, it in large part, deplorable. And... There are amazing teachers out there. They do so much with so little, Mm -hmm. I think.
1: I think Gonzo and I talk a lot about this, just how a lot of it falls back onto what do the people want? Like, what do people in these communities expect from the police? You know, you see all these different things, Mm -hmm. but what, what do we actually expect from them? What do we expect from the government? What do we expect from our teachers? Are we expecting to send our kids and have them get a good education and we're also being active parents and teaching them at home? Or are we, school is daycare. Like, I have a job, so take my kids and just keep them alive, and why aren't you teaching them more? But are you doing yeah. anything to help in that education? And so a lot of it comes back to what what do we want and what are we willing to do to get what we want out of that? Or are we just complaining yeah. without offering solutions, which is yeah. super easy to do?
2: I think that that is a really reasonable way to think about it. I, I do think... With all due respect, that's probably a slightly privileged way to think about it. Yes, of course, we want to be the parents who are helping our kids and, you know, like sitting down with them and working with with the teachers, et cetera. But that is a fairly privileged from a socioeconomic point of view to be able to do that. There are a lot of parents that can't. And I that is a very core problem in this country is that there are way too many people that are way too close to the poverty line. And because of that, they don't have the ability to do that extra work. And why are they not getting what they need out of school in the first place? Why is extra work something that is needed in order to be able to survive in the modern economy? Yeah, it's
1: true. Good point. I think it's a tragedy. I, I think you're right. And I like you. I appreciate you calling me out for that. And I think that that goes back to, there are going to be different needs in different yeah. areas. Like where I live yeah. and where my kids go to school, there's going to be different needs than someone that's living in an inner city school where that is more of a problem. And so, Or
2: even just on the other side of the freeway.
1: Yeah, right. And so it's, it's not a one-size-fits-all solution.
2: It isn't. But it is really, really hard to design policy that isn't one-size-fits-all or one solution mm-hmm can be modified slightly to fit most. It is so hard to design those types of policies. And honestly, when I was in high school, I thought that that's what I was going to be doing with my life was trying to design those policies. Um, I spend a lot of time still thinking about those things, analyzing them, reading policies and everything like that. But um, maybe it's a little bit of, it's like a a cheap out for me, but I'm kind of glad I'm not responsible for doing that because it's very difficult and (laughs) Yeah, I don't Is it difficult to design kind of the policy
0: or is it difficult to like enact good policy?
2: Oh, that's a good question. I think it's both. I think designing something that is actually going to work the way that you intended to, intended it to is extremely difficult. I think in particularly in today's political climate getting anything enacted in the way that it was originally intended without either a bunch of add-ons or subtractions or things like that, is also extremely, extremely difficult. So it's, it's both.
0: So how can you make meaningful change?
2: I think that there are two ways. I, this is one of those things that there's no easy answer to, but what I do to give me a little bit of peace in mind peace of mind and to help save my sanity, because these are the sorts of questions that will keep you up at night and keep you rolling around in your bed. And again, I have the privilege to be able to think philosophically about these things rather than them being something that I have to deal with in my day-to-day life. Um, I think... For most people, focusing on the personal, that's why the empathy thing and the kindness thing is so important. Focusing on the personal and trying to create a community where people are more inclusive and understanding of people with different backgrounds or viewing the world differently is a good first step to perhaps a brighter future. Instilling those messages in education is a really important thing as well. Um, but I think local politics is probably where you'll see the most change that impacts people's lives. I think at the national level, fuck me. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's a mess.
0: Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Have you? Uh... Uh, it's
2: one of those things that I'm like, Oh, we're not paying attention to anything that's important. And uh, it's, hmm.
0: I know, I, yeah. honestly, the last few years I've, there's like a few years that i was paying a lot of attention to like what politicians were doing and saying and it wasn't like it was hurting me like um like emotionally yeah. and mentally with
2: psychological and, impact yeah
0: so I'll, i've taken a couple of years of like just yeah. you know turn off npr and like or any like yeah, the, yeah. Um, When I
2: was pregnant with my second, I had to give myself a complete news blackout. Yeah. A complete news blackout because the... uh, And and that's
0: also a privileged thing. Like, it's... it's
2: it totally like is. we happen I'm to so glad you said that yeah we happen to I, be able to like able see it from the outside and, yeah exactly like, i'm not a person of color i'm not a young black man of color i was able to step away from all of the stuff around george floyd and everything like yeah. that or
0: you, well, you luckily don't live mean, in gaza right one. now and like yeah you can we yeah. can turn it off and be like this is actually like making me really sad so i'm gonna like look away from yeah. it but it's like yeah people <laughs> are dying every day there and it's just like i have yeah. the the opportunity the privilege yeah. to like be able to shut it off. But some yes, not everyone absolutely.
2: can. Yeah. And like I am able to feel sad rather than fear. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because that's totally true. It was the physiological stresses, like the psychological and then the physical manifestations of that stress were having an effect on my pregnancy. So it was like news blackout for Jill. If I was ever at like a work mixer or something like that and people started talking politics, I'd be like, nope. Nope, sorry guys, we can't talk politics here. (laughs) But yeah, it's the last couple of years have been really difficult. This year in particular, personally, this year was really difficult, but the last couple of years, I I think really since uh, Trump was elected, I was pregnant with my first at that point. um, For me, it has been really difficult from just a like daily worry sort of perspective. And I think a lot of people echo that from both sides of the aisle because I think everybody feels things are bad. (laughs) No matter what your political bent is, everybody thinks that we're in crisis, it, it seems.
0: Yeah, well, you know, used to like back when we were in high school to bring it back to 2004, like, yeah, people thought, well, George Bush is the biggest dummy we uh, will ever have as president. You right. Know? Just like, <laughs> and we're like, so <laughs> I, naive. Take, I take George Bush 10 times. <laughs> yeah. I feel
2: so bad about the horrible things that I said about George Bush when I was in high school. <laughs> we used to trash on him after hours in the debate room. And I am so sorry, Mr. Bush. Yeah. I mean, I still don't bad. think
0: we should have gone to Iraq, but like, I'll I'll take totally George agree. Bush.
2: Like, yeah. Totally agree, but no longer do I wonder how a man that I thought was so dumb could have been president.
0: But um, back to you, like, have you have you found any new passions? Um, you know, it was it used to be academics, debate, political science. Yeah. yeah. What, are, what are you into today?
2: Those are all. I mean, debate isn't really a part of my life and hasn't really been since high school. I. I did a little bit of coaching. I judged a little bit after high school, but debate was more... Debate was something that was a useful life skill more than anything else. I think that it taught me critical thinking and argument structure and the ability to slice through fairly wordy arguments or ways of thinking and be able to get to the core of it, which has helped me in every aspect of my life. So it was more of a life skill than like an actual passion for me.
0: How many arguments with your husbands do you lose?
2: Very few. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I We try not to argue. I mean, we're not in any way, shape, or form successful in that, of course. But we both really try to speak to each other in ways that aren't infused with anger I guess or passion not that we're not passionate about these things but we try to approach each other on a reasonable level but yeah I, I don't lose a lot of arguments
0: most wives don't
2: I, also, <laughs> I have to say I pick them carefully
0: <laughs> oh yeah
2: yeah
1: <laughs> that on purpose. There. <laughs> lose on purpose give some hope <laughs>
2: Oh, that sounds good.
0: <laughs> That's so funny. So, what, I bet I cut you off. What What are the the passions? What are your have you found um, new passions in your adult life?
2: I think the biggest thing that has been something that was never a part of my life or on the radar at all when I was in high school is cooking. I love cooking. I love it. I watch like my moments of zen sometimes are just watching cooking shows because i just find it so relaxing i i've never really been able to turn my brain off i i've never had any luck whatsoever in meditating or anything like that uh, you know how people can just kind of relax like i don't know what i don't i don't know you i don't know what that is without my brain being distracted by either reading or something um so i find cooking shows very relaxing and i love cooking uh yeah so (laughs) that's probably one of the biggest changes I've gotten a lot I was always really into the outdoors again I was raised in a family that very much prized adventure so we went camping all of the time journeyed around the state a lot um and I grew up skiing but I've gotten much much more into it as I've gotten older uh my husband when I met him he still is but he was very into climbing and so climbing is something that we both do together and like he's He's a climber, and I, like, climb sometimes, but I like it. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a passion, but I like it. <laughs> I just like being outside. Oh,
0: that's great. It's, Utah's a great outdoor state. Like,
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm working for Goldman. New York is the major America's presence, and we have a big presence down in Dallas as well. And there have been a couple of times throughout my career that it's been, oh, you know, would you move to New York? Would you move to Dallas? Would you move... To London, I, if I got, like, a serious offer to London, I'd probably say yes. But New York and Dallas are a hard no. Like It would take a lot to convince me to leave these mountains. It's my heart and soul are here. It, yeah, so definitely not Dallas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Jill, do we, um do we have any beef?
2: Do you and I? Yeah. I don't you- think so, do we? I don't have Was beef. I Was I ever rude to you?
0: I'm sure, yes, but... but. I mean,
2: probably. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but not that I remember.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. That's so funny.
0: Um, I have no beef, no.
2: no.
0: Steve has no beef. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, actually, um, I kept a log from high school. Let me turn yeah, bring to... Bring out an old journal. <laughs> yes. Uh, let me pull that up here, guys. And we're going to go through it point by point. February, and you're not going to win this argument. <laughs> what was that? I know, I
0: would be ready February, to February 2003. Yeah. Donzo. <laughs> Give me a wedgie. <laughs> Stuff me in lot. locker.
2: <laughs> oh, no. I, I don't think you ever gave me a wedgie. I don't think I would have reacted well. Um, I Yeah. But, no, I don't think that ever happened. (laughs) No, we weren't that close. (laughs) Well...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any, like, fun memories or a fun story you would like to share?
2: From high school?
0: Yeah, or in general, I guess, but...
2: Um, I mean, I have a lot of fun memories that aren't, like, particularly wide audience friendly.
0: I can put an explicit on this episode. <laughs>
2: nah. <laughs> um oh, You know, high school is one of those points in life that I look back on really fondly and I've I've always had a really really good memory. I mean, I don't know if you got if your wives felt the same, but post-pregnancy my brain has been a different animal and it's been really really difficult i think part of the reason i have always been so successful academically or professionally is because i have always relied on my memory a bit as a crutch because i remember everything i remember everybody i remember anything that was written and post both of my pregnancies my brain is not the same it is not the same place that it used to be my memory. I can't remember things like I used to. And there are like complete phases of my life that I had don't have many memories from anymore. It's Mm. wild and honestly a little scary because that is such a core part of who I have always been. Um, But there I have most of my memories from high school are from debate, from debate tournaments. Um, I have a lot of really good memories of late nights at debate tournaments because debate tournaments were always two-day affairs and actually they were like all weekend affairs so it'd start friday night you'd have debate all day saturday and sunday and (laughs) i mean i was talking earlier about how i thought i was such a fancy lady in high school i would always wear a suit because you dress up for debate tournaments and i loved that i still love suits i have way more of them than i need but yeah so i have a lot of really good memories of sitting like in the halls of various high schools around the valley, just hanging out with people in between rounds of tournaments and meeting new people from different schools. And there were, there were a couple of people that I met through debate that I became friends with later in college because they ended up going to the same college that i did there's one kid in particular his name was max scott and i met him through i met him and this other kid named bobby through debate and they were both going to skyline and both of them became really really close friends of mine in college like i actually lived with bobby for a year um so yeah Life's funny that way.
0: And I don't know if everyone will remember this, but debate in Jordan was a pretty big deal. Yeah, we music, oh, yeah. Right? Like
2: state champions. The, the debate
0: came for like multiple... Five years running. Yeah, exactly. We were state years. champions
2: five years running. Yeah. It was a big deal. It was very serious. And we were very proud. And we were also predominantly female. And not only female, but like good-looking female, too. So we were kind of an anomaly on the debate circuit. And we just... Ran shit. It was very fun to be a part of.
0: <laughs> Congratulations. Who am I to argue with you? are
2: right. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I remember at State, um, yeah, it, it was funny actually because the best schools in debate were not in the same, I I don't remember what it was called, but you know, like in sports, you have like 5A, 5A 4A, 8, 4A, Yeah. 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 So you you compete at the same level levels in debate. So the best schools in debate were not the same A that yeah, we were. Yeah, exactly. Because it, it's With, based on
0: the student population, like the size of your it's school. It's based
2: on school size. Yeah. yeah. So the best schools of debate were Roland Hall and, God, what was it? Hillcrest was good, but they were 5A as well. There was one other school. I, I remember the people that went to it, but I can't remember what school they were from. Um, but yeah, I think that that made it easier for us to achieve, uh, state championship five years running. I think that they got it the year after I left too. And maybe the year after that, Leslie Robinette was the debate coach and she was a very, very good coach and she had very high bar of excellence. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Even like, yeah, there was one time she, one of our lead, do you guys remember Elise Brantley? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah so elise brantley was our uh she was on our our policy a team so of all of the debate events because there are a bunch of debate events the the event that scored the most points in a tournament was policy and she was on the a team so she was on the best team for the most important event and she got sick (laughs) and leslie like made her debate through the weekend (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we won um but yeah that was sort of the level of commitment that was expected
0: that was her like, Jordan with a flu uh game <laughs> yeah.
2: yes that's Jordan exactly what game. that was yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean it wasn't a championship but it was a pretty important tournament and we went to we went to a couple of national tournaments every year and always did really well so like we were no joke man
0: Good job. It's awesome. I'm, st- I'm sure they <laughs> still you. talk about that streak at uh, Jordan today.
2: <laughs> I mean, probably, yeah, yeah. The I mean, they have all of the old trophies, you know, when we used to be good. <laughs> I've always said that I would, I really want my kids to do debate. I hope that it's something that they would want to do. I'm. Mean, who knows, you know. Uh, but it's been out of everything that I learned in both high school and probably college, it has been easily the most useful as far as like hard skills go. Easily the most useful that I use in day to day life.
0: That's a good endorsement. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm debating my oldest like all every day every time I ask her to do anything anyway. But yeah, um, does she win because she's pretty? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um,
2: uh... <laughs> kids are hard. It's yeah. That's oh. I follow. I. Kids are really hard. It's not so much logic. is not as much of a factor with right. children <laughs> as, right. I mean, I keep, I feel like I keep coming back to this, but approaching situations with empathy and, you know, there's like the whole big gentle parenting sort of thing. And I think that parts of that are really, really good and using them and fitting them and tailoring them to your own personal style and your family's style is a really important way to help your kids grow into a mentally sturdy individual when they become older but it's really hard it's really hard because i <laughs> yeah. think the natural inclination is to lean authoritarian right because obviously i am correct yeah or else i wouldn't have thought that but that's not the environment in which kids thrive so the, Absolutely, curbing no, my natural inclinations, and also my inclination to just be like, no, like stop doing that, or kind of like lashing out in a quick correction. It, it's really hard.
1: Well, I think when they're little kids, like they kids think the world re- revolves around them. Like if you're mad, yeah. I must oh, have yeah. done something to make mom and dad mad. And yeah. I think that that goes through high school, like adolescence and high school. You, you, the world, you feel like it revolves around you. You think things matter so much more than they really do. Until you yeah. grow out of that. And I think that, right, yeah, with the parenting, that like, kids take it And it's so much more you think so that everybody's hard.
2: looking at you too. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's paying attention to the things that you're doing. Yeah. Which when you're a little kid is true. Um, but when you're in high school, it's certainly not.
1: Well, everyone's thinking it.
2: Yeah. About themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And high ha- school's a fraught time. You guys have any funny stories? Any funny me- memories?
0: I have this- I have this one memory, almost- so, did you run track? Yeah. Okay, so, do you know- I think you were talking about Elise Bentley? Is that who you were mentioning? Brantley, yeah. Brantley. Did she marry a guy that went to our high school? Me?
2: Yeah! Yeah, she married Dave Jones. Dave
0: (laughs) Jones. So, you and me, this is sophomore year, you and me are getting a ride home from, um, in- from Dave Jones in his Jeep. And um, I'm sitting in the back seat. You're in the front seat and Dave is driving and he leans over and he's like, you know, I just turned, um, I just turned 18 last week. And you're like, oh, that's nice. uh," (laughs) And he's like, you know, if you and I had sex, it'd be illegal. (laughs) (laughs) And then like two seconds, two beats later, he's like, he leans over again. (laughs) He leans over again. He's like. Do you want to break the law? <laughs> oh my god. I'm sitting in the back seat and I'm like, You're floored. Like, I'm like, oh do my god. out of the car. This is the coolest guy I've ever seen." <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Uh, but yes. I know, yeah. Yes. I, I was like impressed and offended at the same time.
2: Yep. <laughs> Which I think was a common reaction to Dave, honestly. It, Dave was a really good friend of mine in high school. Elise was one of my really close friends in high school as well. But yeah. Oh, I love that That's kid. So they live now. I saw them not too long ago. They live... A, They were in Michigan. I can't remember where they moved. Maybe Virginia or something like that. But yeah, that's classic Dave in high school. He used to slap my ass every single time he saw me. Every single time. Just Dave in high school. I remember my current boyfriend. (laughs) My boyfriend at the time um, was a couple of grades older. Because Dave, I think, was two years older than us. And I was dating one of his friends named Ilya Oizersky. Um, I don't know if you guys remember him. He was on the basketball team. It was very cool. Um, But he used to get so mad that Dave would slap my ass, like, rightfully so. And I remember them having words one time at track about it. But, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's the only story that, like, it's seared into my brain from (laughs) sophomore year or whatever. I'll, I'll never forget that.
2: Dave was actually the first person who gave me a drink of alcohol. Or he was the person who gave me my first drink of alcohol. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, good guy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he, he really is. He's the he best really is guy. a
0: good guy, guy, yeah. It's
2: one, of, it's one of those things that you're like, well, I sure would not <laughs> accept that today. <laughs> but at the time, that was pretty hysterical. That's
0: yeah, so, so that's the only story that I have with you in it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's a good one. That's a really good one. That's a good
0: memory. Well, Jill, thanks so much for saying yes and, and sitting down and yeah, chatting with us for a little bit. for
2: the invitation. It was really good to see you guys. Yeah, it's great same. to
0: see you. Um, maybe someday we'll run into each other at the store or something.
2: I'd love that. That'd be <laughs> great. Yeah, I mean, if you guys are ever up in the Cottonwood Heights area or, like, if you're coming to ski at the resorts, honestly reach out. I live right at the base of the canyons, so you'd be passing by my house all
0: right cool awesome <laughs> it was it was really good talk to you
2: you guys too it was nice to see both of you as well
0: all right well thank you thanks we'll see ya.
2: yeah thank you yeah have a good night guys bye. bye bye
0: so steve we just got done talking to jill what are your thoughts i
1: it was great um I feel like I say that every time, but it was, it was great. I, I, I loved that she asked us a bunch of questions to start. I love that she, we actually had conversations about things happening in the world today while also catching up with her. Where to start?
0: It's hard because she's like a lot smarter than we are still. Like she was like one of those smart kids in high school Mm -hmm. that you're like, oh, you, you know, you they're mentally out of your league, and it's still the same way. Like yeah. she's still like way smarter. Like she's she used a whole bunch of words that I have no idea what they mean. <laughs> yeah, but we like we nodded and said yeah. yeah we're like oh yeah, uh, whatever you say. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh man, uh, I'm I'm happy that she stayed in Utah. I love that part of it. Just thinking like maybe not feeling like I've so much fit in, and I want to get out of here. But the funny loved-
0: thing that she said is like she was saying when she was young, she wanted to get out. But then now, like, Goldman is saying, like, hey, you want to move to New York? And be like,
1: no way, I'm never leaving Utah. Yeah, like, and when she was younger, she probably would have hopped on that immediately.
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: But I love that she can look back and be glad that she did stay and look at all the opportunities and experience. I think that's a good lesson for all of us is just to um, to be able to look back at our experiences and, and find, like, in the gap in the game. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: You know, just, like, live in the game. It, yeah, live in the game and be like, look at all these things that have happened because of these decisions i made rather than... Man, what would have happened if I would have just moved? You know, I, I loved that. I, what about you?
0: I, I mean, I, I love whenever anyone wants to talk about politics. You know, it's like, I love that kind of stuff. So I, I thought that was great. I loved their lessons, you know, approaching um, uh, uh, approaching situations with empathy, learning to chill. Like, those are, those are things that I can relate with. So I, I thought those were great. Yeah, so it, just like she said, we, we knew each other, uh, but we were friendly. We weren't friends in high school, so it was good to hear um, about her journey, the things that were going through her mind, and, and who she is today. Uh, One thing she talked about was like how much time she put into getting ready. And it just
1: made me think, I swear, when we were like, 16, 17, 18, we had like unlimited time in a day. I think back, and it's like we did so many things every day.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you and I just rolled right out of bed, put on some pair of jeans, and got out of there. Yeah, but like, uh, you know,
1: now we have jobs and things (laughs) and kids and responsibilities. But I just I think back, and it's funny. Yeah, girls would like take all that time getting ready
0: every single day. There were, yeah, I remember there were a few girls that were getting up at like five in the morning to like be on point with all the stuff. Right, so. I don't know. That's funny. Yeah, I just thought like
1: there. I just feel like there. There was so much more time in a day when I was a teenager than there is now. I get home and I was like, okay, I got like I can do maybe one thing, and then it's time for bed. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: that's true too. But I feel like I stayed up a lot later too because I was watching Conan almost every night and like now forget about it. <laughs> I've,
1: been, I've been bringing that up at work. Like we've been watching a whole bunch of clips of in the year two thousand. <laughs> uh, so I that was great. I, I love that she came on. I love the things she talked about. Yeah, her lessons were great. And uh I don't know. Now maybe we we'll, we'll go skiing and just like hit her up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um Steve, who do we have next on the podcast?
1: Oh here, let me check real quick. It looks like nobody.
0: Hey, that's a great time for someone to uh to email Jordan High two thousand four podcast at gmail dot com and get on that schedule. Get on it
1: if y- I mean, we love doing this, and we're always here. Um, you probably noticed there's been a few weeks where we've missed episodes just because we're kind of toward the end.
0: Yeah, well, well, I mean, there's plenty of alumni to go, but we're towards the end of actually people saying yes or coming on. You know, just think about this episode. You're having a really stressful uh, Thanksgiving dinner with your family. Your uncle said something racist, and you're like... It's like, I'm just going to go to the bathroom, take a 20-minute break, pop in the Jordan High 2004 podcast, (laughs) get your head on straight. Listen to Steven Godfrey, (laughs) see some karaoke. (laughs) So if you want more of that, you got to get on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye.